tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a wild and woolly Friday afternoon. We are here doing the thing. I'm live today out in Farragut National Law Rex. Um, We're doing the show today. I don't know, uh, you know, typically we invite you to come out and see us this afternoon. Um, You might want to stay put today Uh, the show must go on we are here i'm anticipating some emergency alert interruptions for those of you listening on 105.7 fm and 1340 am this afternoon but uh, we are prepared to batten down the hatches and there's just too much to talk about here this afternoon we had to come in and and do a show so uh, bear marcus and literally as i get set to send things back to the white claw hard seltzer studios here comes the heavy rain Outside National Law Rex this afternoon, sideways forest gump rain, Bear. Yeah, it's uh, studio. If things are starting to do the beeping thing it does when the weather gets like this, yeah, it's coming here. We can, I can hear the first crack of thunder, but yeah, mm-hmm. different pieces of equipment that I have no idea how to restart or make work are beeping well, periodically. We'll, we'll, We'll do some radio for as long as we could do some radio here this afternoon. Uh, certainly be careful if you're out and about. Lots of cars on Keekstown Pike right now, and uh, it, it's dangerous out there. So if you're if you're listening to the show, please be careful. Exercise extreme caution if you're out and about driving this afternoon. I'm live this afternoon at National Law Rex, and I do want to tell you more about the nitric oxide products that they have for sale here now. You know, uh, intimacy, support, Uh, we talk a lot about erectile dysfunction here on sports radio, obviously being a male-dominated audience, and that's a um, almost, you know, I would say uh, no doctor here, but uh, exclusively male situation that people deal with, and um, you have an over-the-counter option now to treat ED here at National Law Rex, nitric oxide supplements. It's all about blood flow, flow, guys, all about blood flow. Blood flow and your sexual health are connected, and it happens in women, too. 43% of women, 31% of men experience some form of sexual dysfunction throughout their lifetime. Lucky for you, nitric oxide supplements are here, and you can come take a free uh, test here at National Law Rex to test your nitric oxide levels and uh, determine whether or not they're low. They've got a sample pack with test strips that you can take home and use to kind of gauge your progress and and see if it works for you. So if that's something you are struggling with, nothing to worry about, nothing to be embarrassed about, happens to a lot of people, and uh, you can come here and see if there's a way forward with nitric oxide supplements here at National Rx. Gentlemen, we have a huge sports weekend. We've got basketball tomorrow in Auburn. We are playing to so that we don't have to play next Thursday in the SEC tournament. We are playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament. 
there's a lot on the line. We're playing Bruce, and they are backed into a corner. So tomorrow is going to be it, it's going to be a wild one. 2 p.m. start, which means about a 4 p.m. ish voluntary reaction on Twitter Spaces. Our last regular season voluntary reaction of the season, Bear. Can you believe it? That's what I was I was trying to say yesterday, but yeah, it's gone by so fast. I'm honestly kind of sad about it, man. Tell you the truth. I love a good voluntary reaction. Who doesn't? It keeps me balanced. Maybe We've we got... should just have Saturday night uh, group therapy. Well, I'm sure we'll listen, man. We got baseball. We're going to be doing some of these for Tony V and the boys around these big series. So we ain't going anywhere. And Rick Barnes isn't going anywhere. I don't like the tone in your voice, Bear, just assuming that it's almost over. We got a lot of games left this season. Yeah. You got to believe. I'm saying we've got about four more, five more weeks of the season, man. Okay. Okay, that's what you think I was saying. It just you, you had a tone of finality, a tone of impending doom in your voice. No, not at all. I believe I'm the only member of this uh, team that predicted a win tomorrow against the Auburn Tigers slash War Eagles slash yeah. Plainsmen. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I think it's going to be a, a tough hill for Tennessee to climb tomorrow. Um, you're going to have just a, a, a really intense environment. You're playing without Ziegler for the first time. Auburn knows it. They'll have scouted you up. And it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. But I'm not conceding anything. I'm just, if, if I were a betting man, and, and here's the thing, you know, Tennessee's probably going to be favored in this game, I would imagine. Um, maybe the opportunity for a little emotional hedge tomorrow for those of you who are prone to make a friendly wager, shall we say? So we'll talk basketball here as we roll through. We have a clip, ladies and gentlemen, of Stephen Effing Pearl talking about Tennessee that I'm flabbergasted. Will you, it, it will make you Maynardville mad. I told Bear to pull this clip for me. I didn't tell him what it was. You listened to it. What was your just initial reaction without telling, giving away what he actually said, Bear? How mad did it make you? Smashed! <laughs> That's what I want to do oh, to his man. face after listening to it. Smashed! My, my voice was so hoarse yesterday after yelling smashed for three hours. And I didn't stop, like, just after randomly wandering around the house, just yelling, smashed. I did it at, at my morning gig this morning. But the two guys that were there with me had already seen it and just started belly laughing because they knew exactly what I was doing. They're big sports nuts. So. you got to wonder how this weather is going to impact baseball tonight at Lindsey Nelson. They've already moved – first pitch back to 7 p.m. I think the, the showers and stuff are supposed to be out of here, but I, I would think that even if they're able to get the game in bear, the crowd would be sparse tonight, I would imagine. Yeah, one would think so. Um, it's It sounded to me like from what I've heard from people that are on the, you know, it's already passed over, is that it's, it's super intense, but it's not real long. Yeah, but no, I'm I mean, telling you, you man, you, things are popping down here right now. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing random beeps and stuff here at National RX as well. But uh, so far, we're 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 still standing. So 
all is good in my world. All right, Bear, uh, here's the big news in the sporting world today. Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, who's really connected really good with these college football slash SEC reports, tweeted out about an hour ago a list of permanent opponents for all 16 SEC teams, including Texas and Oklahoma. And he didn't say that this was official. He had like the the beers emoji was all he tweeted along with the graphic. So people are wondering, and I got to think that as good as Ross is, coupled with Nick Saban whining this morning in the media, that (laughs) this stuff is out and and that this is the way it's going to shake out. So we we won't run run through all 16 teams. Uh, We'll just look at some of the highlights and and, and break it down. And let's start with Tennessee because this is the big one to me. No surprise, Vanderbilt and Alabama are two of the permanent opponents. He's got South Carolina instead of Kentucky. And, we, you know, we had talked about this being a possibility. It felt like it was trending towards Kentucky being that third permanent opponent. But there was also some chatter about South Carolina, and it looks like that might be – the deal. How, how does that strike you, Bear, that South Carolina, first of all, will be a team that you play every year moving forward and that Kentucky will not? Um, I have mixed feelings on it. I, I love the the bitterness and the just the absolute bloodlust hatred these fan bases have for each other. Um, what are we talking about, Tennessee and which one, South Carolina? Or uh, no, Kentucky? no, no, Kentucky. Okay. Kentucky. I'll hate yeah. to see that go, but we still have basketball. And we'll still play him. We just won't play him every year. But I'm not going to lie, man. There's a good chunk of me, Russell. It's kind of looking forward to, to nurturing uh, this. It, it's in its infancy, I feel like, the blood feud between us and South Carolina. I, I'd, well, I'd love to just smash their face in every year, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, traditionally, here, here's the way I look at it. Traditionally, South Carolina has been a slightly better football program, a slightly more challenging opponent than Kentucky mm-hmm. right now that's kind of up in the air I, I think uh, South Carolina did they win up there they they beat Kentucky and Lexington this year right yes remember those that yeah that weird game where they came out yeah. with a trick play I don't think Levis played that game though yeah he, he was out so you, you give him that um I I would think just like over a 10 15 year period South Carolina is going to be a slightly harder game and from my standpoint I, I was just uh, the you know the the wannabe coaching me is just hoping for the easiest path. I thought Kentucky and, and Vanderbilt would be would be great, especially if you got Alabama in there. But I don't think you can complain too much. I, I think we would all agree if you're you know dividing eight good SEC teams, eight not so good SEC teams, South Carolina would be in the eight not so good SEC teams. So you got two of your three permanent opponents in the lower half of the new look SEC. Yeah, but how I'm looking at it is I, because I feel like Tennessee got a very fair. Um, they got a team that I would consider out of tier one in Alabama. They're always mm-hmm. going to be tier one. They got a solid team out of tier two, which is South Carolina. Kentucky's kind of, Kentucky floats down there on the bottom of tier two to me. And I realize they've had some success lately, but if we're looking at their football program as a whole, they are not a, they're barely a tier two team historically. Um, and then Vanderbilt is a what I call it would call it like a, a third tier team. Yeah, I mean they're obviously the worst team 
in the league, and and you get them. Yeah, so, so I feel like ours, and all in all, I've got no complaints with it. It's it's fair. Anybody who got Vandy, which would be Tennessee, Auburn, and Mizzou, can't really complain, can you? No, you can't. And, um, I mean, it, it just adds balance. And I think since we had Vanderbilt, I wonder if, like, if I were sitting there making that, I was like, man, they got Vanderbilt, so um, we're not going to give them Georgia, but we can't give them somebody that, that's close to Vanderbilt, you know. So we're going to end up with South Carolina, which is fine. We'll still play Kentucky. And I'm looking forward to playing South Carolina every year. I mean, hell, we've been playing them for what? 30 years now, 31 years now. Yeah, hard to believe it's been that long. Every but year or so. I mean, it's a pretty pretty good rivalry. So I wish they'd put that yeah. game on Halloween night. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the – I think you're going to move some of these games around. I would think they'll make every effort to keep the Alabama game the third Saturday in October and – maybe keep Tennessee and Vandy the last game of the regular season. But I think some of these other games are probably going to be moved around a little bit. And so you'll have some new traditions emerge once the league expands starting next year, not next season, but next year. Um, just other things that jump out here. I mean, uh, I, I, I am flabbergasted that Alabama got uh, – their deal right there. I mean, Nick, Nick Saban's whining about it, and we will all have a, a good giggle about that. But, I mean, he's right. They, they they got arguably the toughest three. They got Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. That's there, There's no breathers in there. No, I think he wanted – it kind of makes me wonder if, if he didn't want Tennessee off. I don't think that. I, I think he you think probably it's LSU? Yeah, I, I think he probably would have preferred – not to, I, to replace LSU with one of the Mississippi schools. I think either us or LSU with either Ole Miss or Mississippi State would have made him happy. Yeah, or even Arkansas. Think, yeah, I, I think he's smart enough to know, just like our fan base is smart enough to know that taking Tennessee, Alabama off that 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 wasn't on the table hmm. ever. That that was always going to be preserved. Auburn gets a stay of execution. We had seen that you know that thing floating around out there that had Auburn or. Um, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida as their three <laughs> permanents. They they do get Alabama and Georgia. Those are two big rivalry games that were never going away either. Uh, and they get Vanderbilt for the third one. And, you know, it's interesting. We had our friend uh, Brian Stoltz on last night from down there, and, uh, and that's kind of what he said was that Auburn deserved Vandy. And hard to argue against there. And, uh, you know, they've still got to play Alabama and Georgia, the two for right now anyway, best teams, you know, best programs, I would say, in the SEC but they get Vanderbilt as the third one. So, again, anybody who gets Vandy can't really complain too much, I would imagine. The other thing that jumps out to me, Bear, is uh, Kentucky. You know, they, they don't get Tennessee. And we had talked about one of the reasons that we thought Kentucky would be Tennessee's third permanent opponent there was because it was it was a bigger game for them than it was for us. And that's not like fan trash talk or anything. But it, I feel like Tennessee is their biggest rival. And I think I heard – uh, some of their media folks and, and fans say as much. Uh, but they they can't complain too much. They do have Georgia as a permanent opponent, but Mississippi State and South Carolina are the other two. I was surprised so, they didn't keep um, keep the Florida because that, that was the one I thought that they would really want to keep because they're competitive with them regardless of the talent disparity. 
uh, it's weird. Like, they do better against Florida than they have against us. Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Georgia is pretty manageable, though, if I'm Kentucky. I, I'm not – if I'm Mark Stoops, I'm, I'm not complaining too much about that. No, I feel like that's, that's a fairly balanced like ours is. They've got Georgia, but, you know, you give, you give a team Georgia every year, then you got to balance it out. And I feel like, you know, Mississippi State, apparently, I guess that's a – I didn't realize that was one of their rivals, but Mississippi State and South Carolina – that's a pretty balanced three for a team. I mean, Saban, if he wasn't Saban and Alabama and all that, I might be able to look at it objectively and admit that, yeah, it's pretty rough. But, I mean, you're Alabama. I mean, Auburn's in-state. That's your in-state rival. You have to play them. Tennessee and Alabama, I know everybody claims Auburn and Georgia – I know it's the oldest, but Tennessee and Alabama is Southern football, college football. Alabama did get the three. Uh, I mean, I've I've been through this whole thing a couple of times now, and there's no doubt they they got the hardest three permanent opponents. Well, and, because and they that's... based it on that ten year deal, and that's what he's whining about. Well, it's like it's not ten. He's basically saying it's not ten years ago. They're back to being how they were before. You know, <laughs> hate it for him. Yeah. Quick time out. The drive continues. We're live this afternoon at National Law Rex, and the, the rain has is, is eased up a little bit. We'll see if this lasts, but uh, so far, so good here in West Knoxville. Stay tuned. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio. Ryan Shumpert of Rocky Top Insider will join us coming up next to talk all things Tennessee athletics when we continue right here on Fan Run Radio. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith coming to you live this afternoon from National Law Rex in Farragut on a rainy Friday afternoon. And we go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines for the first time this afternoon. Ryan Shumpert of RockyTopInsider.com standing by to join us this afternoon. Ryan, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Trying to stay dry this afternoon, and I hope you are as well. Any word on how... This inclement weather will be affecting Tennessee baseball tonight at Lindsey Nelson? Yeah, well, they've moved back the game to 7 o'clock from 6.30, but it sounds like as of now they're going to play. And the forecast, I think the rain should be out in you know plenty of time. And with the turf field, I think it's no surprise that they're playing there. But the winds, I think, are still going to be pretty extreme um, tonight, even after the rain stops. So that was kind of where I was wondering if they would still play with that. Sounds like they will, uh, which isn't a – Huge surprise. Tony Vitello hates doubleheaders. So, uh, I, I, you know, at all costs, he wants to avoid that. And I'm expecting for it to make a, a particularly interesting uh, night at the ballpark with what should be some, some pretty crazy wind as they open up series against Gonzaga. It'd be interesting if that wind is blowing out. The, uh, the launch pad that is Lindsey Nelson could be uh, even more so. So that'll be fun. A little uh, Friday night baseball to watch for Tennessee fans this evening. Ryan, uh, interested to get your thoughts on the uh, report out there. And I don't know if this is official yet, but it certainly seems like things are trending towards South Carolina being Tennessee's third permanent opponent in football when the league expands to 16 teams in 2024. 
And a lot of people thought that it was going to be Kentucky to go along with Vanderbilt and Alabama, but it, it looks like the Gamecocks might be a permanent rival for Tennessee. Does that surprise you? It does, yeah. I saw that where, where Ross Dellinger at uh, Sports Illustrated tweeted that out earlier today, and I'm sure there's probably been more than just him, but I saw that and was pretty surprised. And You know, it seemed like, like you said, Kentucky was the most likely one, but if it wasn't Kentucky, it felt like it was going to be Florida. And what really surprised me when I was kind of looking at it, you know, kind of going down the rabbit hole of, okay, so who does South Carolina have, or who do they not have if they're facing Tennessee, and that's Georgia. And Georgia, it has Georgia playing Kentucky, which, uh, that to me, that seems like that really should be flip-flopped in reverse, where it would be Tennessee and Kentucky and Georgia and South Carolina. Uh, maybe they feel like South Carolina's other opponents beside that were a little too difficult. I personally didn't really see it uh, looking at it, but I was certainly surprised by that, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if that is what ends up being the case whenever official word comes down from the SEC. It definitely seems like they're getting closer uh, with obviously Nick Saban making some comments and complaining yeah. about Alabama's draw as well. You also kind of wonder, Ryan, if maybe they're, you know, somebody's floating this out as kind of a trial balloon just to gauge fan reaction. It is interesting. I mean, there's you've heard the conspiracy theories for a, a long time that the SEC offices are in Birmingham. Alabama gets preferential treatment. This would certainly seem to fly in the face of that narrative. A hundred percent. And I've always kind of thought I, I was like Saban. I was like, they're not going to they're not going to hand Alabama. The three hardest teams, or you know, really the three most likely, they're three biggest rivals. But I always assumed they would get Mississippi State in there, probably instead of LSU uh, was the one that I guessed, and just because it would be oh, one game that's a little bit easier. Mississippi State's obviously, I think Mississippi State and Alabama, I want to say, are two closest schools uh, in the conference from one another, just about a ninety-minute drive uh, from Tuscaloosa to Starkville. That seemed to make too much sense to me, but you know, ESPN's paying a lot of money, uh, a lot of money to the SEC to be. Uh, the, the lone broadcaster of their football games, and I, I'm sure they want as many marquee matchups as possible, and, and that obviously uh, would include Alabama and LSU still playing uh, every single year. So that's obviously kind of become one of the better rivalries in the SEC over the last decade, uh, I think especially with how poor Tennessee has been on the field in, in the third Saturday in October, obviously taking a major dip in the national spotlight really until uh, last season. Yeah, I <laughs> I would imagine that was part of the pitch when when Greg Sankey got that angry phone call from Nick Saban this morning. Well, Nick, if we look at the last 10 years, Tennessee's winning percentage has only been, you know, 35 percent in conference play. <laughs> and Saban just did you watch the game this year? Um, that's that's interesting that Alabama would get that kind of treatment. Um you knew they weren't going to get rid of the Iron Bowl. You knew that Tennessee was going to be in there. And so uh, LSU being the third game, like you said, Ryan, big, big TV ad dollars at stake. And uh, I guess the Crimson Tide. I mean, I'm just looking through this uh, Dellinger tweet here, Ryan. And by far to me, unless I'm missing something, that is the toughest three game set of any of the other 15 teams. I would completely agree, and even you know, looking at the story and going to your thing about Nick Saban said that that you know they tried to tell him all that they did it off the last ten years, and I thought it was uh, a, a great compliment to Josh Heifel, really more than anything. He says you know, this is a direct quote from him. Well, some of those years Tennessee wasn't as good as they've been, and but now they are as good as they used to be before those ten years. So uh, certainly he, he views Tennessee as not like what they've been the last ten years, and obviously he's saying that to help out his case too. 
but you're right. Alabama has the most difficult. I would say Auburn is up there probably pretty close as well. Um, but, yeah, it certainly is not a favorable draw for, for Alabama by any means. Bear, jump in here. What do you got? Well, I mean, it's just interesting because I, I thought, you know, when this – when I really started thinking about all this stuff in the nine game schedule, Ryan, I was started looking at it through the lens of, you know, TV and how those, there's a ton of money they're paying the conference. And I was looking at it more like that. I am a little surprised. They didn't want to preserve the Georgia, South Carolina, just guaranteed game every year. But I guess, because I think it comes down to that a lot more in what they're looking at in these schedules. They weren't about to give up Alabama LSU. No, it certainly doesn't seem that way, and obviously that plays a massive, massive role in it. And I mean, it does now, obviously to a lesser degree. But you look at those permanent opponents in the East and the West, and it's obviously by tiers trying to match up the best programs against one another. Now we're just seeing it in a lot more extreme examples, since you have your three permanent opponents, and obviously the getting rid of the SEC East and West. So you're right, and again, I. To me, I think more than anything, and I haven't just poured looking over every single team, just looked over it briefly earlier, the South Carolina, Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee aspect is the one that kind of confuses me. I'm I'm surprised uh, that it's Tennessee for South Carolina and it's Kentucky for Georgia instead of reversed. It, it, unless they're just trying to make Kentucky's schedule harder and they want a guarantee of maybe you know the, what appears to be what's going to be the best program in the SEC for the next five years or so in Georgia, because Kentucky has one of the weaker ones of anybody else with Mississippi State and South Carolina being the other two opponents. Mm-hmm. But regionally, rivalry-wise, even TV-wise, I don't really see what they're gaining from that a whole lot. And certainly I think they're, they're losing those two other things with regional matchups and rivalry matchups. Yeah, the, the South Carolina-Georgia series had low-key kind of been a, a pretty cool border war yeah. over the years. But That's what I was thinking. I guess that'll go the way of the Buffalo. Ryan Shumpert. RockyTopInsider.com with us here this afternoon. So, Ryan, uh, the NFL Combine is going on right now in Indianapolis. And, you know, during the the dark period, the past 12 years or so, uh, Tennessee football fans not accustomed to following the Combine that closely. It feels like that is changing as Tennessee has a couple of former players up there. And I'm just wondering, after Byron Young's performance last night with a uh, sub-4-5-40 and the uh, great – um, jumping ability that he put on display there yesterday. Who do you think will be the first, first former Tennessee player taken between him, um, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Hyatt, Darnell Wright, and maybe even Hendon Hooker in that mix? It's hard for me to say. You know, I, I laugh all the time about these NBA and NFL mock drafts. You know, I don't see what what, what these guys see logically? Will Levis, Anthony, Anthony Richardson being you know projected top five picks. I see it in the, the NBA draft all the time. How many not great college players, but have the athletic tools to be you know look exactly like NBA wings go in the first round. But if it's me drafting, uh, to me I would take Darnell Wright. Uh, I think he is as close to a sure thing as any of those Tennessee guys are. I mean, uh, and I think you look at. Obviously, he made a radical jump from his junior year to senior year, and I think in some cases that that concerns people. You know, he wasn't consistent throughout his whole whole career. But you look at his whole career, I don't think it's any surprise. You know, he shows up, he was a big five-star recruit, but not from IMG Academies, from Huntington, West Virginia, going to a public school. It's a huge adjustment. And certainly he flashed some potential that first year. 
He's finally going to get a, wasn't an early enrollee. Finally was going to get a full season in a uh, weight room program and everything that goes into that. And then COVID hit. You know, what he shows up in July when the rest of the team does 35 pounds overweight. I don't think it's any surprise that he struggled there. And then finally, he gets a little bit of stability when Josh Heupel comes. And uh, he was good his junior year. I thought he made huge jumps there. And then uh, really this last year, you saw him be the player he could be. And I mean, he was he was good as a junior, but he was just fantastic last year and so, so consistent and uh, didn't give up a sack all season. He's got the frame. He has the athleticism. He has the strength. To me, he, he looks like a a first-round draft pick if I've ever seen one. is So he's the guy I would take number one. I could certainly see Jalen Hyatt uh, going in the first round, and even with Byron Young's uh, big day yesterday at the NFL Combine, I'd be su- surprised to see him go that high. I think we, while those numbers were, were maybe a little bit better than I expected, he's the type of guy that I wasn't surprised at all to see go go kill it uh, at the NFL Combine. He is an, an athletic freak. Uh, I think it's you know what kind of the diversity of his pass rush moves and consistency for him on the field that was lacking a little bit, I think will keep him from being a first-round pick. I think Jalen Hyatt and Darnell Wright certainly have a great chance to go there, and if it was me, I think Wright's the, the most sure thing of any of these Tennessee guys. Ryan, looking at the basketball team tomorrow, playing Auburn on the road in its regular season finale. Hard to believe that we're already on the brink of March Madness here, but what are your thoughts on the game tomorrow, the first game without Zakai Ziegler uh, in the starting lineup? Auburn knows this. A lot of interesting elements at play. No Dylan Cardwell for Auburn, and they really need this win to bolster their NCAA tournament resume. How do you see things going for the Vols tomorrow? Auburn needs it badly, and and as frustrating or poor as a month Tennessee had in February, Auburn's was even worse. They only had two wins, and one of them was a real tight win over a bad Ole Miss team at home. So, They've been struggling badly, blew a 17-point lead at Alabama the other night. They need this win to give themselves some real comfort, I think, that they're going to make the NCAA tournament going in uh, to Nashville next week. And I think you're going to see it be, in a lot of ways, a hungry Auburn team after everything I just mentioned and then obviously the way they lost to Tennessee uh, last, last, early last month and obviously the officiating breaks the, the win against the Tigers late in that game. To me, for Tennessee, it's just going to be fascinating to see how, how they do without Zakai Ziegler uh, again and seems like Bruce Pearl always has a good defensive plan uh, in place when they play Tennessee and, and how they game plan to try to make Tyree Key and Santiago Vescovi uncomfortable kind of running the point guard spot. So uh, I, I have it out now, uh, our, our preview. I have Auburn winning this game by about three points. Uh, I see it being a real close game, another low-scoring game. Not as low-scoring as the last one. Uh, I'm not sure it's hardly possible for a game to be as low-scoring <laughs> as the last one was. Uh, yeah. But a game in the 50s, I expect to be tight. I expect Tennessee to have a chance to win, but when you look at the way they've struggled on the road this season, they've struggled when they've played in hostile environments, and then you throw on the fact that first full game without Zakai Ziegler and kind of him being the guy that oftentimes they rely on to bring that energy and intensity on the road, and then you add all of that and on the fact that Auburn is a really desperate team and I think it is due for a close win, and I think the Tigers will get it done. And finally, Ryan, uh, baseball, let's, let's – Let's end where we started here with Tony Vitello's squad getting set. Looks like they're going to be able to play baseball tonight against Gonzaga. And man, I was uh, just looking at the game notes here. I believe Gonzaga is one and seven, maybe one and eight coming into this. This is shaping, shaping up to be maybe a series of baby club ceilings, as we like to say here on the drive at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Do you see a couple of potential run rule type situations here this weekend? 
Well, I certainly think the win will, depend, will affect some things tonight. And I don't think Gonzaga is as bad as the record looks. Uh, they lost four games to a Texas Tech team that's good. Uh, they dropped two, one of them 17-16 to to Grand Canyon, who obviously beat Tennessee, in, and then they split games against Ohio State. So I say all that to say they've been playing good competition at this point in the season. They've definitely been disappointing. It was honestly the most intriguing series Tennessee had in the non-conference slate outside of uh, obviously, the opening weekend in the Desert Invitational in Arizona when the schedule was announced. It's a solid Gonzaga program. They've made, I want to say, three or four straight NCAA tournaments, uh, but they lost a lot of pitching from last year's team. They're not nearly as good this season. I would expect, you know, uh, I think Tennessee will get a sweep uh, this season, or this weekend, but I'm not sure that uh, I'm willing to say it'll be a bunch of run rules either. So we'll see. Tennessee's offense has struggled to be completely consistent still has some question marks there uh, so another opportunity this weekend to figure some things out against the team that Tennessee should beat uh, all three games but uh, I don't it's not it's not Alabama and then it's not Charleston Southern it's not a lot of the midweek teams we've played and I, or Tennessee has played I should say and I think it'll be uh, or Gonzaga's record is a little bit misleading to the talent they have on that team all right very good he is Ryan Shumpert RockyTopInsider.com is the website and, uh, Ryan, I'm sure you guys will have all of these Tennessee-related events from the combine to baseball to basketball covered over at RTI, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Rick's been killing it on the combine content the last couple of days. And then uh, both Jack Foster and myself will be at Lindsey Nelson Stadium tonight. I'll head down to Auburn tomorrow morning to cover that game, and Jack will have uh, all things covered for us the rest of the weekend at Lindsey Nelson as we start, uh, like you said at the beginning, we slowly get closer and closer to the NCAA tournament. That means we're slowly getting closer and closer to SEC play and stuff really getting fun in uh, baseball season as well. No doubt. All right, Ryan, appreciate you. Have a great weekend, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Y'all have a good one. Ryan Shumpert, RockyTopInsider.com. On the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, if you're looking for a place to watch the game tomorrow, Big Orange Phillies, Maynardville Pike and Halls, great place to go out there and grab a big juicy burger, maybe a basket of wings, something like that, a couple of cold beverages, to wash it all down and by the time you're done it'll be about two o'clock and time for tip-off between tennessee and auburn you can check out big orange phillies online at bigorangephillies.com their whole menu is there you can get it delivered via grubhub you're going to love big orange phillies 6625 maynardville pike in halls we'll take a quick time out the drive continues live this afternoon at national law rex in farragut we're back with more right after this And we're back. The drive continues here on Fan Run Radio Live today. National Law Rex in Farragut. The um, I, I, is the worst of it past Bears. They're going to be round two. Was that it? Is no, that I think that was it. I saw on Twitter just a few minutes ago. I meant to send it to the group. I saw a tweet from somebody in Fairfield Glade. Isn't that down towards Crossville? Where's Fairfield Glade? It's a good question. I don't know. I think it's. I'm being told by new intern uh, Tucker Harlan that it is near Crossville, but like. They had a picture. It was like blue skies. So I can deal with blue skies and just windy. I will be keeping an eye on that giant tree in my front yard, though. Blue you skies. worry about great, that? Great Almond Brothers tune back in the day. Boy, you ain't kidding. You got a bunch of tall trees near your house, don't you? Yeah, I'm wondering. Uh, just uh, rather than just get it taken down, we let them, you know, fall branch by branch. That's kind of been our 
philosophy Euro. for the big dead tree in the backyard. So I'm sure I'll have a couple branches down to deal with over the weekend when I get back. Yeah. Uh, that's how I usually deal with it. Have you ever seen how much it costs to have a tree taken down? Oh, I've, 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 I've been through that once. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, this was, uh, this feels like a lot of money here. <laughs> it is a lot of money. I, I guess he is risking his life climbing up that dead tree with a chainsaw. To... Yeah. I mean, according to insurance actuary tables, uh, yeah, I... it is one of the most dangerous jobs on the planet. Anyway. We are at uh, National Law Rex telling you about these nitric oxide supplements here. And men, if you are not getting the results from your Viagra, your Cialis, that you were getting at first, you're accustomed to getting, or you were hoping to get, it's probably because your nitric oxide levels are low. Come see the friendly pharmacist here at National Law Rex. Take a free nitric oxide test. They have had lots of people come out here, both men and women, experiencing terrific success with the nitric oxide supplements. The test is completely free to take. They have a sample pack. And the great thing is, because it's an organic substance, nitric oxide, there's no risk. You can use it in conjunction with the sildenafil, which you can get for just 50 cents a tablet here, and uh, see great results that way. Feel like new again. Like a young man again, gentlemen, here at National Law Rex. Check them out online, nationallawrex.com, or just stop by 11134 Kingston Pike, right next to Wendy's here in Farragut. So, Tennessee plays at Auburn tomorrow night, renewing hostilities with Bruce Pearl and what has become. Yes. Oh, it's not a bitter rivalry, Bear. It's, it's a weird rivalry, right? I mean, it's a. I don't know anymore. A, it's a big game, and I know we all have a, a soft spot for Bruce Pearl and, and all that stuff, but it not it weird how we can still have some level of love and respect for Bruce? Mm-hmm. But for Steven, the guy who played here, he's, he's just so unlikable, Bear. What is that? I I don't know. He's very very entitled. I, I I don't because he acted like a jerk in public on numerous occasions. I never saw it. I I heard the stories, but I never saw it. And to me, people will say, "Well, they played Maimon or play, played him ahead of Maimon," and like I get that, but it's not his fault, right? You know, he, no. he he's at practice. He's working hard. He's doing the best he can. Okay, he's the benefit beneficiary of a little nepotism. That's Bruce's fault. Like if I'm the coach's son and, and he says play get in there and play, I'm not gonna say, Oh no, Dad, this guy's better than me. I'm gonna go out there and play. Yeah. You're a competitor, right? Yeah. So like I you know, I never got the like people seem to hold the fact that he played against him. Oh no, none of my complaints against him have I think I always blame Bruce for that. Like, Bruce, man, what, what are you thinking? But all my stuff is just the stuff off the court. Well, I mean, he he was, again, hardly the, the only player to ever show his rear end off the court. I, I think just because of who his dad is and, you know, his his position now down there at Auburn, 
Um, like I said, he's very unlikable. I get it. I'm not, uh, I know it sounds like I'm taking up for him, but, uh, he's a very well, punchable face. Yeah. I mean, and he's, here's, here's the difference. I could probably name you. I won't in public because they're not in the public eye anymore. I could probably in a, it pretty quickly name you 20 other names of UT athletes over the years that eh, not really nice to be around. Worse representatives than Stephen Pearl. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. probably not and that's even just, in the top 100. No, and that's just simply because I, you know, I worked in a lot of bars downtown around campus <laughs> for a lot of years, so I saw a lot of them day to day. Oh, so, we've had some boogers. Yeah, come through here, no, but, no doubt about it. You know, but so we for all whatever know, but, reason, Stephen Pearl, uh, just he stirs a, a special kind. Of, I, I don't want to use the word hatred, but I don't know what it is. Anyway, uh, reason I bring this up. Stephen Pearl appeared on an Auburn sports podcast. This is some uh, Auburn fans, one of these online uh, um, podcast video type deals. And somebody sent me the audio this this morning, Bear. I could not believe it. Talk about uh, declining to take the high road. Stephen Pearl's asked about what it's like to play against Tennessee, whether or not he still has love for the Big Orange. Listen to his response. So, I mean, first off, the, the Tennessee thing is, is, is an interesting one. Um, and I think people get confused. People think, like, what's it like playing at your alma mater? I'm like, it's pretty simple. Like, I don't like those guys. They fired us. You know, we made mistakes, but we got fired. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't exactly treated like an alumnus when I, when I, when I left there. So, okay. um, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but I also understand the dynamic of the situation was sensitive because, we had done some things that we shouldn't have done and we got fired for them, which I completely, you know, I get now, you know, you have a barbecue at your house, you know, you, you could buy a barbecue restaurant for a kid now, but you know, we, we got fired for having a barbecue at, at Tennessee. Right. So, um, no, it's, 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 uh, it's tough because, you know, obviously I still have a lot of friends in Knoxville, mm. a lot of the fans I'm still really close with. They, you know, they were obviously big supporters of mine when I was playing. Um, so it's hard and on that standpoint, but, as far as a competitor goes, like, you know, I'm, I'm all in on Auburn and that I'm an Auburn man now. And that's, that's, you know, I wish I could have my degree from Auburn to be completely honest to you. On my chest now. And that's just, you know, that's what it's always, that's what it's been. And that's what it's going to continue to be. So, um, that I want to beat Tennessee more than anybody, you know, even as much as Alabama. So when I go back there, you know, obviously we've lost two close ones there, but before that we had won like six in a row against Tennessee. So, right. You know, we've had great success and it's obviously a big game on our schedule so it's tough because you see a lot of people like you see the the, the ushers that that take people to their seats like those people were all there when i was in tennessee the janitors the people that were there mm-hmm. with me late at night when i was getting shots up like those people were all still there so like it's great seeing them you know you see people like donors that you were really close with uh that gave you summer internship jobs like picking weeds like you know that type of you see those people and like you still got love for those people obviously right. but at the end of the day when you get between those lines, like, you know, I'm trying to beat them every single time. And, you know, I put a lot of work into that scout because it's important to, to us. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that so people are like, why do you want to beat Tennessee so bad? They fired us. That's why. <laughs> Picking weeds. Bruce Pearl's son, Stephen Effing Pearl, on uh, Auburn podcast there says about Tennessee, don't like those guys. They fired us said we were fired for having a barbecue. Uh, do you think he do you think he really believes that or does he just not get it, Bear? Uh I, I think that may be the least self-aware person I've I've heard in quite some time. We 
Your dad was the head well, coach yeah, of Tennessee. First of all, we, first like, of all. Oh, yeah. don't, don't get it twisted, Gene. I, I wish, and I apologize to everybody, I wish that I'd split that up into parts because he says so many different absurd things during that whole deal. Well, he was not on staff here, so he was not fired. His, his dad was fired. Yeah, his, his daddy lost his job. Because he lied. Yeah. He lied. Um, and and it, his dad has a, very, has a very difficult problem telling the truth. And I, I don't think that has changed much, by, by the way. Um, says he is an Auburn man and wishes he could have his degree from Auburn. That's the part to me that, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's dead to me now. You don't want to be one of us, that's fine. Can we have some sort of public defrocking? Like, can we can we rescind his diploma? I mean, it, it's what he wants. Can we? I mean, a fan going to Auburn, can, can, can you talk to some people down there? I mean, we, we'll gladly, gladly make that happen, Stephen, because we don't want you to have a Tennessee degree either. Mike, uh, Mike Gregory, <laughs> Stephen Pearl, joke. I mean, it's it's joke, joke. joke. But now you you see what I'm saying, guys. That's why I wanted to smash <laughs> right in the face. I just that you know going back to the whole lying and why they got fired. It's not just him. There are so many people who just do not understand that. Oh, the lying it, part. It doesn't. It, well, yeah. it's the same people that don't they don't take anything that was going on in, into account. I mean, it had gotten it gotten fairly loose around here, hadn't it, Russ? Under Bruce, I mean, we had the the Tyler Smith incident. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. People like to bring up other things, man. But it at, the bottom at line is he time. lied to the NCAA. And, and things are different now than they were in 2010 when that happened. But at that time, you know, the, he didn't leave Tennessee much choice. I mean, I, I think they would have gone to fairly extraordinary lengths to retain Bruce Pearl if they possibly could. Just like they will, you know, Tony Vitello uh, probably rubs a couple of people the wrong way over there in the administration. But they know he's darn good at his job and he's beloved by this fan base. And so they will fight for him. But there's only so far you can go, and, and Bruce Pearl passed that line. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that Tennessee wanted to fire him. We, we loved having Bruce Pearl here, even with all the problems that, that were rampant. Nobody wanted to fire Bruce Pearl, but he did it himself, and now they want to, or at least his son wants to act like it was something that uh, was done to them instead of by them. Stay with us. The drive continues. It is a joke. Right here on Fan Run Radio, live today at National RX. We got blue skies here in West Knoxville. It's absolutely beautiful if you want to stop by and have some Jets pizza. Stay tuned. The drive continues. Marcus will have your top four at four coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. 